Hey, welcome to the X Podcast. So good to be together today. Everybody that's tuning in, whether Spotify, iTunes, or YouTube, I would love to know what everyone's favorite way to tune in is from. And by the way, I didn't know this. We have people, we're international. So not that calling us a big deal, but it's kind of it's kind of a big I'm just kidding. But we, we got people we are international. We got uh, people not only, you know, in the church and across the state and across the country tuning in. It's really cool to see the family growing. But Panama, yep. UK, and South Africa. We got some our family expanding. So we'd love to know like how you found out about us mm-hmm. and what's speaking to you. As always, we'll say this at the end too, but we would love your help in getting the word out if you are finding these conversations meaningful and helpful to you and five stars as always. But today's a really special day because we are switching roles a little bit, yeah. get to host. And I always just, my goal is always just to make you so proud. <laughs> but we I don't thought, know what to do with myself <laughs> in this seat. I don't, I don't either. I, um, <laughs> So today we have, of course, Kevin, uh, as usual, crew, and we have his better half, Andrea. My much better half. (laughs) And to be honest, we're just going to have a conversation today and see where it goes. We thought coming out of Valentine's Day, it'd be nice, love's in the air, be nice to have the couple here with us and talk through, you know, you in past episodes have shared some of your story of anxiety and some of what your family's walked through Mm -hmm. in COVID, and so just thought it'd be fun to hang out, and so... Andrea, just going to go ahead and put you on the spot. Yeah. For those that don't know you, <laughs> uh, give us a snapshot, a little bit of who you are. Yeah, I, um, I've i been going to this church for, I think, 11 years now. Um, I am Kevin's wife. We have been together since we were freshmen in high school. Um, wow, got, that is so sweet. Yeah, we're just high, high school, school sweethearts. sweethearts. <laughs> um we got two kids and another one coming. I'm ready for the, the <laughs> third one to be here. I've been ready for a while now. What's the due date? April 10th. Wow. It'd be okay if she came a little earlier, yeah. though. We wouldn't be mad about that. Um, I'm a nurse, a hospice nurse, and yeah. But you're also in... Oh, I'm in the Air Force National Guard, too. Just a side note. <laughs> so much. So you guys met freshman year? Well, we met... Before that, mm. we, we kind of grew up together. The first okay. memory I have of Kevin was in fifth grade, I think, but I think we've known each other for longer than that. But that's mm. kind of my first memory. What was your first thought <laughs> when you met him? We were just in the same friend group at the okay. time. Her first just thought friend. was, that's Total a really zone. chunky boy. <laughs> <laughs> no. Andrea's seen the best of me, the worst of me. What was your first thought when you met her? Wow, she's so pretty. <laughs> I'm lucky. I got to marry my dream girl. That that I, you are. You're so sweet. You're so pretty. Stop. I'm serious. Gosh. Well, we might have to cut this podcast short. Oh my gosh. Well, so okay. Here. So here's what we need to do. Then I, I want to play just a really quick rapid fire favorites. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. So um, you, you don't you don't have time to think about it. Okay. The moment I, I I'm gonna name something, um, and you're gonna tell me what his favorite of that is. All what, right. His favorite. What his favorite of that okay. is. Oh, no. So, all right. So Andrea, for Kevin, okay. uh, his favorite color. Red. His favorite season. Actually, his favorite color is purple. Yeah, that's true. Sorry. Uh oh. Why the podcast? Favorite is season? Yes. Summer. Summer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, his favorite food? Mm. And maybe pizza. Maybe pizza. Okay. Is that true? 
Kind of. Or All right. sushi. Okay, sushi. we're going to switch roles. Good All right, Kevin, I'm going to ask you her favorite yeah. movie. Oh, uh, <gasps> the, the Notebook. The no- is, is that right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not right. No, it's not right. What is no. it? Maybe Goodwill Hunting. Oh, yeah. Goodwill yeah, yeah, Hunting. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, what would be her favorite memory of you two? Ouch. Oh, I know what it is. You do know what it is? Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably your favorite, too. Really? Yeah. I know what it's not. I can. I, what was it? <laughs> What's your favorite memory of us? What's What do you think it is? I have no clue. Not a not a clue. <laughs> when I was gone for tech school in Texas for four months, and I got to come home for Christmas, oh, yeah, and Kevin yeah. picked me up from the airport, and then yeah. we went to Harvest so Moon sweet. Together. Yeah, we had yeah. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Uh, what's her favorite podcast? Her favorite? Mm-hmm. Uh, she listens to The Grove, which is the Grove. Passion. City Church. They have like a women's ministry podcast. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, Which one is her favorite kid of y'all's? Jack is a mama's boy. (laughs) Definitely Jack. Uh, Okay. Me and Mila. Me and Mila are thinking. Sorry, I just wanted to. I just wanted to see if you'd say something. Just you know, like right off the top of your head. Um, All right. Last few. Beach or mountains? Beach or mountains? Oh, beach. Beach. Okay. And what is her favorite gift that you've given her? Oh, she's so easy to buy gifts for. I have no clue. Hmm. Andrew, what is it? My favorite gift you've given me. Here's I'm, the thing. I'm really she, bad at yeah, she, <laughs> answering these kind of questions. Yeah, we've been together for a long time. I can tell you multiple. I've, oh, Andrea like this just she doesn't want for much. And like gifts, are, she like loves letters and things like that. Or like he made me yeah. a calendar I mean, one time. Yeah, I made her a calendar. <laughs> Meaningful <laughs> gift giver. Okay. She loves like, I made her a custom calendar. So yeah. uh, she's custom a lot planner, different than me. A coffee cup in What did you guys do for Valentine's Jack? Day? Uh, Valentine's Day, we, I think with the kids and, and with all the COVID stuff, we just tried to sneak away for a little, uh, we tried to go out to eat. We got some sushi. That was yeah. fun. But we also in the afternoon after church we I took Jack and he took Mila separately and we had little Valentine's McDonald's Day lunch. in the car oh, with awesome. each of them. So that was that's fun. Awesome. <laughs> well let me just say publicly, uh, you guys are one of my favorite couples. Oh. And y'all are amazing <laughs> and you make beautiful, adorable babies. We try. And I cannot <laughs> wait to meet the third one. And one of the things that I know we've talked a whole lot about, which this is crazy, this is episode eighteen. Yeah. Wow. So, not to give ourselves a pat on the back, but we've been <laughs> committed every week uh, in the last 18 weeks. Mm-hmm. We have put out an episode. And one of the cool things we've heard is not just that this has been um, inspiring and maybe thought-provoking as far as the conversations, but that it's given people a sense of community yeah. in what can be a really lonely year. Mm-hmm. And so, I know you have processed from your point of view what COVID's been like. Yeah. Uh, what COVID's been like uh, from your perspective, but also as a father um, and a husband. And so, Angela, I just want to hear a little bit from you. Like, I don't know, take me back to maybe the first couple months yeah. of COVID hitting and what that's looked like uh, from your perspective. I know for a while, when everything first hit, you had to actually go away. Kind of, yeah. Kind of go yeah. away. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was that like as a mother, a spouse, walking through? What yeah. has this past year been like for you? Um, I feel like at the very beginning, I honestly was, I think I was in a little bit of denial. <laughs> I didn't believe it was going to be a big deal. I, I, did, I didn't want it to be a big deal. Kevin was pretty sure that it was going to be a big thing. And I was like, Kevin, drama. 
<laughs> it's going to be fine. And then it wasn't fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, to give people a context, too, at the time, you were working in the emergency room. I was, yeah. At Grant Hospital here in Columbus. Wow. Yeah, I used shift. to be an ER nurse. Yeah. yeah, so you had a kind of a frontline view to everything that was going on. Yeah. And so you worked for that entire year in Grant Hospital night shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it you was, had a different perspective. Yeah, on it was well, it was did. weird at the beginning because the I mean the hospitals were empty because mm-hmm. I mean, not everywhere, but here um, because people were scared to come to the hospital. So there there would be people calling like the emergency room clerk mm-hmm. asking you know saying like oh I'm having chest pain but should I come to the hospital or should I just should I not yeah. you know people who should come were too scared to come so I mean literally we were we were dead like there would wow. be times that we were a downtown Columbus emergency room and there was four people and wow. the I mean when we're used to having 60 people there at a time um, so that was just weird, but there was definitely a time that it changed and we, yeah. and we started seeing the patients and mm-hmm. it was eye opening for me to eventually get to that point. But I was for sure for, for a while, I didn't want to believe that it was going to be what it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hungering down and, and, uh, and figuring out, I think as everybody did what we thought was going to be a couple of weeks, yeah. yeah, 14 day to slow the spread thing that we all, mm-hmm. you know, shut down the, uh, stay at home orders mm-hmm. and everything shut down for a little bit. And then, uh, Andrea is also in the Air National Guard, and she is yeah. in the medical unit. Emer- what, I always get this wrong. Yeah, it's like a medical detachment. It's um, like an emergency medical a response, response or something like that. Yeah. So, so basically, her deal is when things like this happen. Yeah. Like her function in the military is emergency medical. Things. I mean, I'm yeah, we, we pre- we, we've never right. prepared for a pandemic before necessarily. But if, if but there's we a, prepare more so for yeah. any any like health related anything that's going on in the United States is kind of what we train for. So we did. You were in the ER, and then we got the call. Probably, oh, I can't remember. So before you got the call to that you were gonna be activated mm-hmm. which we didn't know what that would look like when you got that call it was very ambiguous we had moved houses and started yeah. a renovation project on some 3,000 square foot house <laughs> that we yeah. were really excited about but, yeah um out in the country out in the country <laughs> it was a dream yeah uh and then you got the call that you were activated on as you're working night shift we got a call that, that you were yeah. going to be activated on 30 days of of uh, military orders it was supposed to be 90 days at first yeah, yeah, and they they called me and basically said, you know, co- I didn't really know what this meant, but like COVID orders, we're we're activating our unit for COVID orders, and you need to be at training tomorrow, and we're leaving the next day. And of course, that's <laughs> when having little kids, that's terrifying too. Oh and I, you know, that's it's what you sign up for, but you hope right. that that's never the case of something that's going to happen. Yeah. It ended up being not nearly as bad as that. We did a lot of. Um, you know, those COVID testing in the nursing homes, that was kind of like the mission for a while. P- there's actually still people on orders doing things yeah. with that now. And just um, thanks to all the even, you know, I've gotten a front row seat at yeah. people like you who are the front lines to, you know, nursing home workers and yeah. uh, nurses and people in the military, uh, firefighters, first responders, people who are really on the front lines right now, uh, teachers. I mean, a lot of mm-hmm. people who are navigating these yeah. things. Um, but I think really what it it, what was interesting for us was all of the unknowns of, you know, we just didn't know what was around yeah, the corner. Yeah, it just felt super out of control. A lot I of mean, uncertainty. We were out of control. Everyone was, really. You right. know, and you get in that survival mode. Yeah. And um, and I think that that was a really interesting learning experience for us, as I'm sure it has been with our listeners in so many ways. Um, but, yeah, interesting to say the least. Yeah. So 
move. You're, you're in the middle of COVID. Yeah. You got <laughs> young kids. And you both have very um, active jobs mm-hmm. that demand a lot. And yeah. then in the middle of all that, move not once, twice. Yeah, we ended up moving in. Ended up moving house. twice. But then where I really want to go is yeah. I, I think if we've ever seen a year where people have been honest about their mental, emotional mm-hmm. health, this is the year. Yeah. For sure. And, and I know, um, I know, okay, we've talked about this on this podcast, but you, which by the way, um, I'm still in awe. We, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast that we went through this 21 days things as a church. Where yeah. We went through a fast. And at the end of that fast, we had a worship night. And at that worship night, you just shared a story that just brought the house down. Yeah, it did. Um, and, and I think part of it is just because of who you are. Part of it's your story. Part of it is your heart and your story resonated, I think, with so many stories yeah. out there. For sure. And it's a story of you just being honest about your journey of anxiety. Yeah. Your journey of, not to skip ahead, but maybe through COVID, it highlighted that. Yeah, for And sure. intensified that. Mm-hmm. And so can you just walk us through as much as you feel comfortable sharing yeah. and even if you know one of the, the cool things about you sharing the story as well was you know from a faith perspective mm-hmm. it seemed like God orchestrated some really cool things behind the scenes yeah to even that make that happen even Absolutely. answering some of your specific prayers so can you walk yes. us even through that night but just your whole journey what has sure. led up to this yeah well I think de- depression and anxiety like I shared uh, during the worship night something I've struggled with Probably since I was a teenager. I can't remember exactly when it started. It looked different then than it looks now. Um, but I've had like ups and down seasons of that for sure. I think when I was, when we first got married and I was pregnant with Jack, that was the first really bad, as far as depression goes, really bad season of that. Um, but we kind of made that, made that out on our own. We figured it out. Um, but this year, I'm not sure, maybe it was just the stress of, just compiling of everything, you know, the pressure of the pandemic and working in the emergency room, which that was a, a really great learning experience for me. Um, but going to shout out to all of, mm. <laughs> all of my grant medical center nice team, like yeah. they're incredible, but mm. the things that they, I mean, it's, it's a high stress, high pressure job. Mm. And I'm thankful that I, you know, got to learn from them, yeah. but, um, it wasn't for me long term. Yeah. And they're they're just got to a point that <clears throat> you know j- just the stress of everything, the stress of moving and into this house that we, you know, it was a dream for us, this big farmhouse that we were going to renovate. It was so beautiful outside in the summertime. Um that renovation turned out to be a lot <laughs> a lot bigger than we were anticipating for it to be. Um, I think we just took on a little bit too much. Um, and then the stress of just my job, you know, I worked nights and I've got little kids. So I was always trying to be awake with them as much as possible. Just not really, probably not taking care of myself, not sleeping like I should completely inconsistent, never the same days of working. And Kevin was at home all the time with the kids at that point, because, Mm, you know, you guys were working from home. And we were trying to be safe. So we kept our kids home, too. And so really, Kevin was working from home and keeping the kids all the time. Mm. And I don't think I realized until later how much stress that put on him Um, because he was trying to let me sleep and go. I still had a full time job that I had to go to all the time and I had to sleep. And so we were just going through a lot, Um, as was, you know, a lot of people this year. 
but and and even just the stress of I think all the other stuff that happened this year aside from the pandemic just the um like the racism stuff the injustice Mm -hmm. and just the things that you see on the news and social media it just makes you look at yourself and wonder you know what your part is to play and um it's just stressful. It's stressful to feel that mm. pressure and want to say the right thing and want to be on the right side of things and just feel like maybe mm. there's no right answer in the eyes yeah. of people. And that mm. was a lot of pressure. Um, yeah. And there got to be a point, I think it was probably July, I want to say. Um, that was when it got really, really bad for me. And just the the anxiety. I, I was having panic attacks all the time. Mm. I mean, it was a nightly occurrence. Um, Had that been something that happened through your life? Every that now the and then. Time? Okay. Every now and then, but it it was getting out of out of hand for sure. Mm. It was something I felt like happened every now and then, but Kevin was pretty good at talking me through it, and I feel like you know we would get past it and just push it to the side. Yeah. Um, and there'd be clear indicators like, oh, here's you know we're low on money or right. we're low on sleep or the kids you know when yeah. you have a newborn baby and everything's just kind of all over the place or. Yeah. There kind would of be clear excuse indicators. your way out of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> that happens once a month, but we right. can really tell when this is going on. Mm. And then it got to the point where it was every week. Yeah. And then it got to the point where it was every night. Yeah. And then mm. it got to the point where it was multiple times a day mm-hmm. where, you know, and I won't step on your toes. No, no. Yeah. Story, but. Um, so it was, it was getting out of control and I, I just felt it weighing on me too much. I, I was, I felt like I couldn't concentrate anymore. I just couldn't live. I couldn't enjoy anything anymore. I couldn't, I feel like I couldn't think straight. That's what Mm. I, I always say that. I I just can't think straight. Um, Mm. And, you know, that, so that just kept getting worse and worse. And I, and there got to be a point that that had been something I'd been really good at hiding. I mean, my whole life, I, I don't tell friends or, Mm. you know, I think my family knew a little bit as far as my, my parents and my sisters, but even them, I, I never talked openly Mm. to them about that either. Why do you think that, you didn't talk to people about it. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's, it's funny be, being someone who has struggled with that for so long. I have been someone in the past who has been like, we need to get over it. Like mm-hmm. it's mental health is so over, you know, over talked about over medicated. Yeah. And I've been that person. Mm. <laughs> and so that was a really hard thing for me to get to the point that I'm like this thing that I have personally not, given a lot of attention yeah. to and been skeptical of it's my problem <laughs> mm. and I've got that problem that mm. I've been skeptical of. Um, and just, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to admit that to people and yeah. they're just, it's not something that I think people would look at me and assume that I struggle with. And mm. I don't know. It's just, it's a huge weakness and a vulnerability that is um, difficult to share. Yeah. So you, you feel like, so, so it goes from the occasional, yeah. To COVID hits, all the stress. I think it's so interesting you talk about because a lot of times we don't think about all the things going on in the world and how that puts a pressure on yeah. you. Puts a pressure on you interpersonally. Like I'm not, uh, like I'm curious. I feel like everybody's probably had those moments where it oh, even affects yeah. your relationships. For um, sure. And then it affects your mental headspace of you feel guilty of what you say, don't say. And yes. there's just, so you have that, you have the kids, you have the stress of just life. Right. And then you start getting into that almost where you said it was almost nightly. Yeah. And and there was a, and I was really, my job, I was having a hard time with, um, not necessarily because of the job. I just think because of where I was at, it was really hard for me to do such a high stress job Yeah, and, um, to be up all night 
I wasn't in a very good mental space to handle that. And so there was a time that I remember Kevin telling me, like, maybe it's time to walk away from the and I didn't have anything else lined up. Um, so that was a scary thought that I was getting to the point that I didn't know if I could keep working because I was, you know, in such a bad headspace wow. and my husband yeah. was telling me to quit my job and mm. I didn't have any other options at the moment. Mm. Um, yeah. But that's kind of where it wow. got to be. And I think that husband's even listening. I was in a spot where I, me and you have both contributed to the complete and total stigma of mental health. Yeah. Mm. You know? Oh, yeah. Uh, pray it away. Yeah. Uh, don't be so quick to medication. I, I, like there's a, I have absolutely been skeptical about counseling mm-hmm. and therapy. Or we've all got problems. We've all got problems. And, <laughs> and yeah, it's, uh, just life. And and looking back, it's laughable. Yeah. You know, maybe it's just the season we're in. But as a husband, and that was the first experience I had ever really had. You know, you see this person who you love more than anything. Mm-hmm. It's like, man. And I only say this because I think it paints a picture for people. And you shared this at the worship night. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about it multiple times, is that you'd be in the corner of the kitchen, mm-hmm. on like unable to move, looking off in the corner with you were crying, but it wasn't like you were bawling. There was just a despondence and tears rolling mm. down your face, to where I was like, as a there's there was nothing. I mean, to mm. the place where it's like, let's we got to put everything on hold. Yeah quit your job mm-hmm. we'll sell whatever we need to sell yeah we'll do whatever we need to do Wh- whatever needs to happen it's time to go all in and i remember you and me having that conversation about your mental health mm-hmm. um that that kind of broke the campbell's back yeah and so i and at the end of the day i think it was god really that that orchestrated all of that yeah yeah and i shared at the worship night too it was funny because at at the beginning of 2020 during our 21 day fast that's i actually prayed that god would help me defeat depression and anxiety that Mm. year that was my beginning of 2020 before all the pandemic Mm. stuff yeah before we knew about the pandemic um before it got really bad Mm -hmm. it it was just something i always knew i struggled with and i would really like to put it behind me this year Mm. um and it's funny looking back I mean, it got so bad. And in the middle of it, I was not thankful, of course, not thankful at all. But looking back, I think God knew Mm. um, just how much pride I had in holding on to that and not sharing it with anyone and trying to figure it out on my own. Mm -hmm. And he brought me to a breaking point that it was too much for me to carry. It was too much for me to hide. And he knew that that's what it was going to take for me to get the help that I needed. And so... Um, it, it was that it was a night that I ended up having a panic attack in front of my family, in front of my mm. parents and in front of my sisters. Yeah. You guys um, are all very close and always have been. Yeah. Mm. And so you hiding it from them is, is pretty it's a impressive. big deal. Yeah. <laughs> there's this, um, there's this story I love in, in scripture where yeah. Jesus encounters someone with a really dramatic, uh, physical challenge. Mm-hmm. And he asks them this question that sounds almost insulting and yeah. it sounds really simple. He says, do you want to be well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you read that, you're like, why? <laughs> well, of course, why would you ask that? Right. But I think, I don't know, that's what I think about when I hear you talking, because I think we yeah, all have that. areas in our lives where um, staying where we're at is a little bit more comfortable than the mm-hmm. pain of what it would take to be honest yeah. and to get well. There's that's this true. quote by Kristen Kane where she says, uh, the extent to which you're willing to embrace the pain of recovery mm. will be the extent to which you experience healing. Wow. And... 
it seems like. I just think what you said is so, yeah. how often is that the moment sometimes when you pray about something, mm-hmm. it gets worse before it gets better? Yeah. And I think for all of us, 2020 and this whole past year has yeah. been a revealer of those things we've tried to stuff for a while, or we've tried to suppress for a while, or we've tried to minimize for a while. But for you, it seems like that was the breaking point when it became nightly, mm-hmm. nightly. What was the moment that you were, you were like, okay, I've got to do something. Yeah. I've got to take a step. It really, it was that night that I, you know, kind of broke down in front of my family. Um, it's funny because it was something I've been hiding for years. Mm-hmm. And that I said this at the worship night, but the moment that I unintentionally allowed other people into my struggle mm-hmm. is the moment that God began wow. like a yeah. healing work. In I remember. I remember driving home. I was at a friend's house or something. Oh, yeah. Kevin wasn't even there that night. Yeah, I wasn't. Think I was with my you family were, alone. You were with your family. <laughs> your mom calls me just all, you know. Yeah. And I imagine finding this out about your daughter who, you you know, you just didn't realize. Just didn't realize. So she calls me, did you know any of this? I'm like, oh, mm. this, but that one doesn't even sound that bad. You know? yeah. <laughs> and so it just speaks to the extent of the hiding and the extent of, yeah. you know, and, and I, thought, I think a lot of people could probably resonate with your personality type which is you just in the heightened atmosphere that we find ourselves in, you don't want to like put pressure on people. Like, uh, uh, like uh, it, it feels like when you are opening up and asking for help that you are putting unnecessary stress on the people that love you most. Yeah. And that sure. couldn't be farthest from the truth. Right. And that if people love you, gosh, there's nothing more gratifying mm-hmm. than you letting them into your story that yeah. you are not putting. I remember me and your mom talking about this, like, uh, like why haven't you asked for help? She, you know, she'd ask me, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't. I guess we just we don't do it We've intentionally. We've just been in this closed well, bubble in hiding for it, years. It's survival, you know. It's 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 you know, close it down, shut it down. Yeah. Let's. But and right. but I think that so oftentimes, um, it, it's hard to do mental health by yourself. It it's really hard is. To, it's hard to heal by yourself. Well, and not to spend a whole lot of time here, but I'm just curious. Yeah. You, we've talked a little bit about the Enneagram. You're an Enneagram nine. Yeah. I'm curious. <laughs> If that played into (laughs) any of your hesitancy or how you processed any of this or. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm still learning a lot about myself. I feel like Mm. there's so much to learn about (laughs) ourselves. I think self-awareness is really healthy. It's something really good to dig into. And for those that Um, are just watching, they're still learning about nines. What what, what is the basic template of a nine? Uh, They're called the peacemakers. Mm. Um, And. It's funny, you know, since I've been on this journey of healing, I I see a counselor now and we've talked a lot about that and, you know, maybe where that came from. Um, But I definitely, I don't, I don't like conflict is my, maybe my worst fear. (laughs) And I don't want to be the person ever to make somebody uncomfortable, to make somebody Mm. worry. Mm. Um, Don't like to be the center of attention this moment's a nightmare drama you know what i mean those are all things that run through my mind yes this is <laughs> i this is not what i want <laughs> this is not who i want to be this is not the kind of environment i want to create just none of it yeah. i always i think it, from my perspective being someone who loves conflict <laughs> and i'll work out my feelings yeah. and disagreements with people andrea has this inner garbage disposal mm-hmm. that she you can tell when she has a thought that would be a, a conflict in a conversation or she would put un- unnecessary stress on somebody. She would much rather just just get rid of it internally yeah. than ever let it out. And I think that, like you said, that moment with your family was 
the antithesis of mm-hmm. anything you've ever tried to create. It was and like, here's <laughs> all my. I couldn't do like I couldn't get rid of that myself. So, yeah. so for anybody watching that just needs some some maybe uh, free marital counseling, I know we're, <laughs> we're going to continue on the, yeah. the talk of depression, but curious. Eight to nine. Eight and nine. Uh, <laughs> we were going to be more different. <laughs> so different. But then also, like, enjoying conflict, yeah. avoiding conflict. Yeah. How, do, how do you two approach and bridge the gap there yeah. in communication and the way that you work through it's issues? Funny. and Yeah, that's a good question. It's funny because I think this is part of – part of this problem that I've had is that I've chosen <laughs> Kevin as my safe place. Mm, yeah. and is that a thing of nines? I don't know if it is, but it's like, I think, you know, for the rest of the world, everyone else I love, everyone else I come in contact with, you know, with, I'm, I'm trying to protect them, care, mm. you know, only about what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what, what the environment looks like for them. And that's all but with him. I think I feel safe to be honest and to have hard conversations but I almost feel like I've put this load on him that wasn't his to carry you know we're we're here for each other that I mean that's what you do in marriage but there's a point that um you can't expect your you know your spouse to be everything for you or the only person involved in your life and you know even more so than god right you know putting things on him that were meant for like my father in heaven to carry or mm. for me to be able to talk to my mom about or for mm. me to talk to a counselor about or ask a doctor about or you know what i mean yeah spread the love a little bit <laughs> um i once heard this analogy i don't know if this is true but i heard someone teach non-marriage one time and they said from a faith perspective that while you serve each other, the best relationship is where you want each other more than you need each other. And that it's kind of like that a lot of marriages, I mean, really any of us, but a lot of marriages, it's like, uh, you're sharing, you're underwater sharing an oxygen tank Mm -hmm. (laughs) that that, that if you're not really drawing most of your source from Jesus, you're sharing an oxygen tank and you end up fighting because you both need the oxygen that each other has. And then you both end up frustrating each other. I think that had so much to do just with our battle this year together, um, like mental health wise, is that we, both of us, we were not asking for help. We weren't letting anyone in. Mm. Um, We were choosing only each other as safe places and we just needed help. And so I, for one, I think I have been putting, (laughs) and this is not according to Kevin. I mean, this is my own um, Mm. observations, (laughs) but he's been wonderful about walking me through all this, but I feel like I put so much pressure on him to be the one to pull me out of this Mm. every day. Um, that he's ignored his own mental health for years for Mm. me because there was no other option. There was no room for both of us to be struggling. Um, you know, there was barely room for all my struggle (laughs) to be honest. And so I, I just, just say that as an encouragement that, you know, you're just, we're just not meant to do this alone and we're, you're not meant to put all of this on one, one person can't Mm. fix it for you. It's a, it's a community effort. And I, I have felt so ashamed and so guilty, um, for hiding Mm. when I was in hiding and not telling anyone, I feel like the devil can, convince you of his lies so easily Mm. when you don't hear anyone else's voice. Wow. Um, 
it's just so easy to believe him. It's so easy mm-hmm. to believe that you're worthless and that you're hopeless and it's never going to get better and that you should be ashamed of the mom that you are mm-hmm. and you should be ashamed of the wife that you are. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. easy to believe that when there's no other voices in your life. Uh- but... When you let other people in, I've never felt less ashamed. Like, there's no way a year ago I would want to get on a podcast and share these struggles that I've had. But I don't feel ashamed anymore. I really don't. I feel so encouraged and so full of hope. And I I feel like if there's anyone that wants to talk about this, like, uh, yeah, sure. I'd be happy to tell you all about my story if it makes you feel like you want to get some help. Well, I bet anyone watching or listening right now feels what I feel, which is the weight of your words. Yeah. Um, You can feel it. Like you can feel what God is doing in your life and the hope and the fullness. And um, can you even walk us through what led to uh, you be, you share because oh, that yeah. Wednesday was the f- when we had the worship night. It was yes. the first time you shared that publicly. Yeah, yes. and I just think it was really cool. I just think this may sound really cheesy to somebody that's not from a faith perspective. It's such a God thing. Oh my gosh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't. You know, of course, I don't have time to share all of that on that one night, but that was a huge part of it too. It's funny that, you know, during the fast of 2020, I prayed for God to take it for depression and anxiety from me, and it looked a lot different than I thought. And it was a lot harder than I thought. Um, but he did that because eventually, you know, in the fall of 2020, I went to a doctor, I started taking medication. I've been seeing a counselor and I'm definitely on a journey to healing, but it's funny because during the fast of 2021, I'm looking back and just in awe Mm. of that he did that and the way that he did it. Mm. Um, and it was your, one of your messages, pastor Russ, that you preached at the very beginning of the year, and I couldn't tell you exactly what you said, <laughs> but there was something about it was really you good. were talking. But was about, it really good? It was so good. It was so, so good. Okay, <laughs> it, okay. was so, so good. <laughs> it was something like you knowing that you were called to ministry and someone in your life asked you, well, like, have you asked? Have you mm. asked about that? And you're like, oh, no, like I would never put pressure on, you know, these leaders at the church. And that's so me. Like, mm. I'm not going to put pressure on anyone or ask mm. anyone to let me do something. Like, I'm just not going to cause that discomfort. Yeah. Enneagram nine. Enneagram nine. <laughs> but um, they told you what you said on stage is that no, he was like, no, I, I was talking about have you asked God? And you're like, well, God knows my heart, you know, like God knows if he wants something, he's going to make it happen in my life. But just that God wants us to ask and he wants us to, to have that relationship with him that we're not just like, oh, God knows what I want. He knows what he wants. Mm -hmm. What's the point of relationship if we're not communicating that God wants our hearts and he wants that closeness with us. Mm -hmm. And, um, something I was terrified even to tell Kevin is that I was praying during this fast for an opportunity to speak and just share what God had done in my life, um, which is not really me. That's really, and I was really a very patient prayer. Like God, whenever, (laughs) whenever, (laughs) if, even if it's years down the road, no hurry. (laughs) And, um, I wanted to tell Kevin what I was praying for. And I almost consider leaving that one out because Mm. I didn't even want to share that with him. That was super, super personal to me. Not something I wanted to share with anyone, but I did. I let him know. Um, but he didn't tell anyone. He keeps my secrets pretty well for me. (laughs) Um, so it's funny. So after you did that message, I decided like, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask God for an opportunity to share. Um, Mm. and I'm just going to see what he does with that. I'm just going to ask because I feel like he wants me to ask. And it was at the end of your message that, um, 
on the screen we have like the share your story on i don't know what is it if you want to tell people i don't stories know stories at the x.church yeah if yeah. you want to share your story there it is <laughs> um and i've known that i've i've been here for forever and i felt like god was nudging me like share your story mm. like there it is right there yeah. on the screen but then there's a little bit of insecurity in me like you know, my husband works here. Everybody already knows my story. It'd be silly for me to send an email and mm. all these people that I could very easily just talk to. But, um, it lasted a couple of days that nudging. I feel like when God wants you to do something, he doesn't yeah. leave you alone and you just know it. Yeah. Um, so I finally did it and I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell Kevin. I just wrote in my story. I clicked submit and I'm like, there you go, God, I did it. Do what you want with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's funny because you reached out to me about Pastor Russ, about um, sharing my story at worship night when I just thought it was the craziest thing that, hmm. first of all, that God would answer that prayer so quickly, hmm. but also that he would use you to encourage me, you know, through your message. Well, and then you completely unknowingly asking me, me to be the one to quick, share. This was crazy. So I, you know, I get this text message from Andrea at the beginning of the fast. We kicked off the whole thing. I think you did the first message of our move series and. Yeah, that message is online if you want to go back. <laughs> yes, go watch it. It might encourage you. Yeah. <laughs> and and so she sends me this list of six things. And I'm reading, I'm like, that's awesome. You know, I'll I'll pray with you. I'll, and we're all a part of these planning meetings. And I'm not like I saw your story come in too. I get those emails, we mm-hmm. all do, and and I obviously just respectful of it and and I'm just kind of outside of all of it and we're planning this worship night that for for the move series and i know andrea's prayer requests and it was russ's idea i just think it'd be awesome if andrea would share her story yeah. and she'd share a testimony at this night and i'm like you've got to be kidding yeah. in my head like <laughs> god it was like yeah that was like a two-day prayer <laughs> that's awesome and so just to see god orchestrate that was really so cool, cool on my end mm-hmm. um just so to see, cool you know i, I just yeah. think i just think it's worth highlighting that for a couple reasons one um, because these, all those little but big moments mm-hmm. are the kind of things when you begin to follow Jesus that yeah. just remind you how real God is. Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. A. B, uh, there's this verse in the, in the last book of the Bible that talks about we overcome mm-hmm. by what Jesus did for us and by our testimony. Yeah. Right? That there's something that people can argue all they want with your faith. What people can't argue with is a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of And your story just... I'm, I'm not exaggerating. You felt the power of it that Wednesday night. You feel yeah. the power of it now because it's real. Mm-hmm. And and so I just think it's worth just maybe anybody watching that maybe you've been hesitant to tell your story yeah. to, to, to take a step. Because mm-hmm. I think the lie that we all believe, I, I once heard somebody say the most powerful two words that anybody can ever say to another human being is me too. Mm-hmm. Oh my right. gosh, yeah. yeah. And I just think for everyone that thinks they're alone in their struggle, that your struggle is unique mm-hmm. or that... It, or that your story's unique, like, mm-hmm. no, the world needs your story, or the world and the people in your world need you to talk about what's mm-hmm. really going on in your world. There's this verse in James that says, confess your sins, or you could just sub that with struggles to one another, yeah. that you may be healed. Somebody once told me, they said, you know, Russ, you, you talk to, to God about your struggles for forgiveness, but you mm-hmm. talk to other humans for healing. Oh, yeah. Gosh, yeah, and that so a lot of times we're asking God to heal me, when God most likely wants to heal me through you. You're right. Yeah. You. And that's a big thing that I feel like I've learned this year is that, you know, I feel like I have a, I've got a calling and God's called mm-hmm. me to things. And he's made me with a purpose for, you know, whatever it is. And who am I to say that the doctors who 
have medication and they have this knowledge and passion for learning about how it helps my brain. Yeah. Or counselors who have this passion in their heart for, you know, people like me or for all kinds of other struggles. But who am I to say that God didn't make them for that reason? Yeah. You know, and I feel like I am pushing away the purpose that mm. God has put in people if I say, I don't need you wow. when that's what God made them for. And yeah. so that's something that has been super eye opening for me this year is believing that just like I hope that God made me with a purpose and a mm -hmm. calling that why would I not want to allow everyone else to work out in their gifts and their calling. And yeah. if it benefits me in my life because God wants to love me through that, then I am more than happy to let mm. them. <laughs> yeah. I remember a time probably at the end of the year, obviously we've been going through pandemic, all these struggles as a society, as a nation, as a country, as a world. And at the end of a church service, I think it was you who got up and, and you just felt like give the opportunity for people in the crowd. And we'll do this every once in a while in our experiences, yeah. you know, just raise your hand if you need prayer for this or for this. And you'll get 10, 15 hands in a room, you know, if something really resonates. Right. But you got up and you said at the end of a at the end of a message, just closing out an experience, I just feel like, and you said it real quick, you said, I feel like there's people in here who are at the end of your rope with anxiety and depression and you need help. That's you. Raise your hand. One, two, three. Mm. And I'm not kidding you. It was the most overwhelming sight I've mm. ever had in my life. I'm sitting here looking at this room, yeah. probably at least 45, 50% of this room, mm. hands shot up. Every age group, every mm. uh every race, every type of person, every gender, people I'd known for a long time, people I'd never known before, people crying the second mm. you asked it. Yeah. And so, man, wow. to think that God would put inside of you and people mm -hmm. listening that, that there is a, like you said, a testimony that it, the devil will tell you it means nothing, right? Right. Yeah. That your story means nothing. It's going to end in despair. Why would you even try? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the story of Jesus in your life is no, he can redeem things. He brings beauty and ashes and it's in the dark place. Mm. It's in the, the, the moments in the pit where mm. God wants to lift you out. Yeah. And in that moment, I feel like God gave me and God gave us a visual of no, here are the people yeah. that we need to fight for ourselves yeah. and need to, mm -hmm. we need to do the work so that we can share a testimony of Jesus in healing and hope. Yeah. Because and just that's loving each other. Like, you know, that's what all he called to yeah. do is, you know, love me with all your heart and soul and mind and love each other like you you know what I mean? Like that's that's what loving yeah. Jesus is all about. So but what a message this is though. such a cool way to do that. What a message because you think about the, the message of the world, which is, you know, we're all just kind of here. We we evolved from from a what well, we're pretty much technically Martians. We evolved from this bacteria, <laughs> yeah. and and when when this world's over, we're just kind of going to return, and life is purposely purposeless, and just treat each other kindly and mm. do what makes you happy. Yeah, and um, I think we all have recognized that the search for meaning in life. I was listening to a podcast with Elon Musk. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and uh, this guy, one of the smartest guys the human intellect just incredible and they're talking about traveling to mars and colonizing on mars and inter uh solar or interplanetary interstellar travel and and uh joe rogan asked him, well why are you doing all this and he goes really because we will all want to understand the meaning of life yeah elon yeah. musk said that yeah and talk about this one of the smartest people on the planet Earth, one of the smartest humans, and he's still on this quest to discover what's the meaning of life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't asked that question over the past 
almost 12 months now since we started shutting things down, then you might want to check your pulse yeah. and to go, man, what we've experienced through the dark seasons is the eternal hope. And like mm. this hope that, uh, that comes not just in this life, but yeah. it's for, for a better one and for a perfect one that God wants, loves you enough not to leave you yeah. where you are, but to take you to a new place of healing and hope yeah. and joy and fulfillment mm-hmm. life and life to the fullest and all sorts of things like that. So good. It's so good. I think, and I, maybe that's one of the, the silver linings of this past year is that people are realizing in a, maybe in a painful way at times, but in an important way, that craving in them for meaning. Mm-hmm. Victor Frankl, he's this famous psychologist that was a World War II Holocaust survivor, and he, he thought he was going to die any moment in concentration camps, but he became famous for whispering in uh, people's, he got in trouble for whispering in people's ears that were about to kill themselves, mm-hmm. that you have a purpose, wow. you have a meaning. And so from his psychology, it's actually where Donald Miller has story brand, all, all these things, but he has this quote where he says, when man doesn't have a deep sense of meaning, they mm-hmm. distract themselves with pleasure. Wow. And I wonder if 2020 people weren't able to distract themselves with pleasure. Yeah. Right. So all of a sudden there's just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, wow, I, my life needs to count for something. Yeah. yeah. That's and, uh, and that's one of the things that just occasionally we love to say in this podcast. So we hope that you know that, mm-hmm. that you have a purpose, yeah. no matter where you're at in your faith journey, what you believe. And um, you go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. You start taking medicine. Yeah. And I know we all love to imagine that on this side of mm-hmm. eternity, things always wrap up with a nice uh, right. tiny of course. bow and ribbon. And yeah. I imagine it's not like that. But can you walk us through where you're at now? Yeah. And, and what that's – how's medicine helped and doctors yeah. helped? and Yeah. So I – you know, like I, I said that night, I, I know everyone has a next step. And I think – everyone's next step is yeah. to share with somebody, let somebody in, let another voice in apart from the enemy that can be an encouragement to you. I think that's a next step for anyone and everyone. Um, I think God's really good at, le- I don't think God ever me- means for us to be confused and, you know, searching for so long. I think that God will lead you in the right direction once you open up and start sharing. But it was pretty obvious to me that I needed I needed the help from a doctor yeah. um, and a counselor, and so I got um, got some medication that I started taking. It took a few weeks to work, but I just started noticing small things mm-hmm. like noticing that it was easier to smile at my kids. Wow! Um, noticing that you know when they were asking me if I could get them a drink, that I just got up and did it instead of like sitting there for 20 minutes not wanting to get off the couch and mm. get my little kids a drink who can't do it by themselves. Yeah. Um, I remember like laughing one time and I was like, gosh, I don't remember the last time wow. that I laughed just like yeah. that or I had a desire to cook dinner one night. Mm. And I'm like, gosh, Kevin, how long has it been <laughs> since I wanted to cook dinner for yeah, any of us? Just mm. small desires that I yeah. didn't realize how long I, I had had no desires other mm. than to just survive and get by. Yeah. Um, Not even add, I think that you hear a lot of people who've had horror stories with medication of yeah. mental health things. And I think it's, we never want to to give people this blind optimism. Just no. go and get some sort of medicine. Everything will be better. You need to find a doctor you trust and surround. Yeah. yourself. it's part of the support system you need to open up to and build. But find a doctor you love and trust. Talk to other people. Talk to us. Send an email into us. Mm-hmm. We'll help you find somebody, something um, that we've had success with. But 
Uh, yeah, because there there are scenarios that people, you know, you can go to the doctor and they, they won't even listen to you and they'll prescribe you something and here you go, right. be on your way. I mean, you, you got to figure out who you can trust and feel heard and yeah. listen to and, and feel like it's someone who, if it's not working, uh, that you can come to them and tell them it's not working. And yeah. so everyone's story is not going to be just really smooth and, you know, there's a medication that's going to fix all your problems. That's not it. Mm. But just being willing to go on that journey, if that's what your next step is and finding the right person to help you do that. Um, for me, it's changed my life. Wow. And, you know, I see a counselor every two weeks now. She's wonderful. She's, mm. you know, just, uh, she's a Christian. She's an older lady. Um, she's struggled with things that I've struggled with mm. and been to counseling herself and just the, yeah. the way that she's helped me have grace for myself mm. has been life changing. Yeah. I, I mean, there was times I've told Kevin in the past when I was really struggling that I felt like I hated myself because I hated the struggle. I hated what it did to him. I hated the way that I looked to our kids. I hated how it made me feel in my life and what it was robbing me of. Um, and I hated that I wasn't strong enough to get rid of it on my own. And yeah. I, I would say a lot of times I, I just, I feel like I hate myself Right. and walking through this with a counselor and and even there's just freedom in her telling me like, no, you've actually got a problem. <laughs> and, you know, that's funny that you would think that would be freeing, but it is, you know, mm. to to stop blaming yourself and right. to believe somebody that you've got something that you needed help with um, and to look at myself and have grace for myself and yeah. just be really thankful for the healing and to not hold myself so responsible for my struggles and to know that God wants more for me has, has been the most freeing thing. And that's, yeah. I mean, I still have bad days and hard times, but yeah. that's mostly where I am right now is I've got a lot more grace for myself and a lot of hope and I'm not hiding in the dark, letting the enemy I just speak that. all these lies over me anymore. I love that. It's so beautiful. And I've always been told that um, in the dark is where the enemy does his best work. Absolutely. And so shining a light on that. And so thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Yeah. And, um, you know, as we close, I, I just think this weekend we're going to be talking about Elijah. Mm-hmm. Elijah's one of my heroes. He's like this rock star prophet from the Old Testament. He's the first, his, as the, the story of Elijah is the first story I heard that made me think as a, as a kid, maybe the Bible's not boring. <laughs> you know, he has <laughs> yeah. these like, like, you know, just hardcore showdowns with yeah. false prophets on mountains and calling down fire. And he's just like this bold, like sarcastic, ill-mannered prophet that just takes on the world. <laughs> but what we won't be able to talk about for time's sake on Sunday is a couple chapters after that, he's asking God to take his life because yeah. he's so depressed. Wow. And, you know, I just I think, especially in the Christian world, like you said, it's not, oh, a knee-jerk reaction, I'm going to get medicine. Mm-hmm. But it is an understanding that in our humanity – depression is, is just makes us human, not yes, weak. Right. And that uh, it doesn't matter how strong you are to go through seasons of anxiety and depression is not a sign of anything you should be ashamed of yeah. or scared to talk about. And, and I also love the fact you're bad at prayer. No, doesn't yeah. mean you're, you lack faith. <laughs> no. no. In fact, when, when Elijah finally came down off this, cause there's a lot of times, I mean, I just peek into my world, my, my worst days are the day after I preach. Mm-hmm. Right. When the adrenaline's come down and I've poured out and I've been yeah. on the mountaintop, uh, you know, or whatever it, it's like. And then the next day when I'm alone with myself mm-hmm. and Elijah had that and everybody needs to know their own triggers. But in what most people would have said, man, what's bro? You just had the greatest victory ever. <laughs> yeah. 
Elijah said, um, he said several things. Here, here's how one of the clues you're in depression is you use pervasive language. He said, mm-hmm. no one serves you, God. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like my father. And um, I'm no different than them. And then he says, take my life. And I love that God didn't say, you faithless, unbelieving, mm-hmm. you need to pray more. Right. <laughs> What's crazy is what God actually did is he had him take a nap. And then the Bible yeah. says angels baked him bread and brought him water. Wow. And then after he ate and drank, he said, now take another nap. Wow. This, that we, the way we're wired is soul, body, mind, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And usually complex issues don't have simple answers. Yeah. They have holistic answers. And I just think your story, hopefully to anybody listening that may be struggling with anxiety and depression, first off, take a step and tell someone. Yeah. And then second of all, pay attention not just to your body, but to your spirit, to your mm-hmm. soul, and, and look at what the process looks like for you. There are probably internal psychological spiritual roots and maybe yeah. unbelief and, and wounds that need to be healed. That's probably a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there also might be a chemical side of it. Yeah. There might be a physiological mm-hmm. side of it that God gives the grace to doctors to help you treat. Mm-hmm. And rest plays a part exercise it, oh it gosh, all plays yeah. a part we are complex beings mm-hmm. we're spirit body mind and soul and so i just thank you for your story yeah. and yeah. i just think again what you said hey we're not experts but if we can pray point you in the right direction send us um an email at yeah. podcast at the church or share with us your story that will inspire you i also want to say this um uh valentine's day week yeah. um we if you live in central ohio we're doing something really special at the end of march mm-hmm. March 27th, we are hosting as a site an international marriage conference called EXO Marriage Conference. Yes. So if you live anywhere near Central Ohio, or even if you don't, just get get buy a plane, flight, a ticket, <laughs> it's worth and it. come see us. <laughs> it is worth it. Uh, the X.Church slash events, would that be the best place? The X.Church slash conference, so you can go and register. Go and register today. So if you're married, one on one day get married, mm-hmm. or you are dating, go and be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, conference and take a day to just invest in your future. Yeah. And uh, but just thank you guys so, so much. She's for... so sweet. You're, you're so amazing. Sweet. Oh, you're wow. amazing. Thanks, guys. You made me so much better. <laughs> and I'm still not calling you liar. I can't believe that was the first time you spoke. I know. I Isn't mean, just confidence. It's it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. So I never cried so hard in my life. <laughs> so oh my cute. Goodness. Well, to all of our ex-fam, thank you so much, as always, for being a part of these moments, these conversations, and we really do consider it a family. So share this, like, subscribe. Every single one of those means the world. And uh, rate us and send us an email. Give us some feedback. Let us know what would be helpful for you. But until next time, we love you. See you next week. (laughs) 